0: Matthew 9, 35, I want to continue our journey that we started last week during this month and and just uh, learning, thinking, praying, developing in Kingdom Builders, a, a ministry at Calvary we began last year, one of the most exciting things we've ever done, this church family gave almost a quarter of a million dollars to see this world reach for Jesus, to reach more people more quickly than ever before. We start right here where we are, and we move out to the continents of the earth, and it has been an amazing, amazing journey. I shared statistics with you last week. I'm going to put those up again next week. We're just a little short on our time today. It, it, it was outstanding, and, and we're just so thankful for what God has done. I'm going to begin reading here in Matthew. Let me remind you, please check our ministry connection tables out in the commons area. As you leave today, so many exciting things are going on. You can uh, get more information, and somebody will follow follow-up with you on Wednesday night. We're doing the Got Questions series continues. We're having an amazing time doing that. So I want to read these three primary passages that we're looking into during this month, Uh, looking at harvest, understanding the privilege and the purpose of the church. Uh, During this month, we're going to talk about purpose about vision. A lot of people use the term vision in, in businesses, in, in industry, in church. Vision. What is vision? Vision is what you see when you look in the future. Vision is not just my physical eye, but what do I see? Vision. How do I look at life? It's my perspective. How does God look at us? How, how does God look through us? Vision. But something that's a, with this, and I want to talk about this today and periodically through the month. Not only do we, during Kingdom Builders, have some of these most important issues, purpose and, and privilege and vision. But something our culture is dying for, and that's identity. Identity. We, we live in, 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 a, in a situation now with all that's available to us our culture is fragmented over the struggle for identity people are those basic questions of life who am i really and 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 why did god make me this way and is there some reason i'm on this planet what's my identity who am I really? And, and, and we see the wild searching that's going on. Again, you hear me say, we said it today, we're not here to fight against people, we're here to fight for people. But this identity thing is so deep that people deny their own sexuality and say, you know, I know I was born this way but I'm really that. Or I'm this person and I'm trapped in this. And, and, and this, this mad search for who am I? How do I belong? Where do I fit? And, and, and here's the bottom line. We were created in the image and likeness of God. The Bible said we're his workmanship. We're his masterpiece created in advance to do great things for him once we know him as our Savior. Psalm 139 says in our mother's womb, God began to design a plan for us that's waiting on you and I to step into that plan. See, predestination biblically means God's intention coupled with my decision. Every one of us, God has identity, purpose, and, 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 and vision, and privilege. But we have to step into the will of God to begin to see that happen. So these are the key things that we're learning as we go through this month. They are life-changing, and they affect us. They affect the world that we live in. So let's begin here with Matthew 9. I, I may read these three passages every week. I want us to grasp this meaning, harvest time, September's harvest time. We're getting ready for harvest. So, so, so let's see this in verse 35. In Matthew 9, what did Jesus do while he was on this earth? Three things. Look at this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. That's what Jesus did. He taught the word. He preached good news. And he healed hurting people. You know, the Bible says we're the body of Christ. The church is not just a book club. How many heard what I just said? The church is not just a book club where we come and, and, and we sit down and get our book out. The church is the body of Christ. We are the living, breathing extension of Jesus on this planet. How many heard what I just said? Remember, everyone had the WWJD bracelets. What does that say? What would Jesus do? Do you know what Jesus would do? He would do what he did. Do you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to do what he did. So what did he do? He went about through the towns and the villages, through the cities, and he taught the word, and he preached the good news, and he healed the sick. That's who we are. So our job description hasn't changed, but we just have a lot more methods to do it with now. So let's keep reading. So he goes about teaching, preaching, healing. Verse 30, revision. Or listen, guys, when he saw the crowd, It's one thing to see, it's another thing to really see. He didn't just walk through the crowd. When he was there, he began to notice. And this is what he saw. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. How many of you remember your life before Christ? Do you remember that emptiness, that searching, that longing, that out of place, disjointed This thing missing in my heart, that's what he saw. And he had compassion on us and on them. So what was his response? Look with me, please. So what does he say? Ask, pray. Do you know this is the prayer of heaven? This is the heart of God. This is what Jesus did when he saw with compassion this world that you and I live in and you and me pray the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into the harvest field. I missed this last verse or before that. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There's plenty of harvest. There's not enough workers. There's plenty of of, of people that are hungry and harassed and helpless, but there are not enough people. You know, we we have a wonderful gentleman that's one of our business partners here with us in the church, and a friend, Mr. Bridgeforth, who his farming enterprise, he leases the land and farms all our property here for us. And uh, Mr. Bridgeforth, uh, he, he farms in this same fashion several thousand acres in North Alabama. And he told me, and I thought about this first one day we were talking. He said, Pastor Sawyer, there's harvest everywhere. And I thought immediately about this. He said, there's so many fields. In fact, if you need a job, I can hook you up. I'm not just kidding. I can hook you up. This is what he told me. I thought about this first. He said, Pastor, there's so much harvest in North Alabama. There's so many harvest fields. I cannot keep enough people working for me. He said, I am constantly searching for people who will come to work. And then he said this. I'd never heard of this. He said, if they can pass the mirror test, I'll give them a chance to work for me. I said, what's the mirror test? He said, if I put a mirror in front of their face and it fogs up, I'll give them a chance to get a job. You know what he said? If they're breathing, I'll give them a chance. Put your hand in front of your face right now. Come on. Put your mirror up. Look, around. Any dead people in here? I just hire you in Jesus' name. Let's come, let's come get in the harvest field. You, you understand what I'm saying? Hey, this, this is what he said. He said, Jesus said, there's no end of harvest. What's happened to us in America? We, we've believed a lie. Oh, people don't want God anymore. Yes, they do. Oh, people People. You know, people don't want to pray. Oh, hey, I, I've, I've seen all kind of crazy people pray. You get people in the right place, they'll all start praying. I've been on an airplane that missed three landings. And on the fourth one, I looked around, I thought I was at a Calvary assembly prayer meeting. They had put down the beer and the wine and the hot toddy and the hot baby next to them and everything. And they, there was no cursing or drinking. And that, the, the, My God, I looked around that plane, they were praying. I saw, dear God, so that's what it takes, huh? People know there's a God. There's a harvest field. There's a desperate need. What he says, he says, well, I need some workers. Now watch this. I want to t- talk about identity for a minute. See, he- here's the deal. There's no shortage of harvest. Do, do you, you get that with me today, guys? There's plenty of people who need God, need Jesus. They don't know how to get there. They don't know. They've been misinformed. They, they don't know the truth. There's deception and delusion in our culture. But there's a harvest that is unbelievably ripe right now. So there's a harvest. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, is that God says, God's praying, heaven's praying, I, I, I'm, going, I, I'm going to do whatever necessary to reach the harvest. The problem is harvesters, laborers. And you know what the problem is? We don't know who we are. We don't realize we're the answer. We don't understand that we work for God. We have thought that, that church is going to you know we, that Christianity is going to church on Sunday and sitting in a building and you know and, and doing some things praying when we're afraid and scared. No, we're the laborers. We're the ones heaven's praying for. We're the answer to the heart of God. We're where this hurting world meets the healing power of heaven. You and me. You are the answer to God's prayer. Do you get that? The church is the answer. When Jesus looks and says, oh, my heart is broken for this hurting world. God, send somebody. That's who the church is. That's who you and I are. That's our identity. We need a paradigm shift. We need to see ourselves through God's eyes. We need to begin to understand that, that this, this world we're living in, listen to me, they're not our enemy. We're not mad at anybody. How many heard what I just said? We, did you? We're not the people that go march. In, in, in front of somebody that's doing something sinful and yell and scream at them. We go bring them water. We feed them. We pray for them. We say, God sent me here because he loves you. Do you understand that? We don't fight people. We fight for people. We're the laborers in the harvest field. The laborer doesn't hate the harvest. He loves the harvest. Doesn't mean we condone it. Doesn't mean we bless it. Doesn't mean we like what people do. But they're the harvest. That's who we love. That's what we do. We work for God. We we are His representatives. I, I, I need to keep going. John four thirty four. Turn there with me, please. John four and verse thirty four. See, we 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 need to get this foundation underneath us and understand our identity. It's amazing, the calling on our life, the privilege, the purpose. The favor that God has placed upon us. John 4, Look at this. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me. And this statement. And to finish his work. What does that mean? What Jesus did on the cross. The good news that began to be preached. The gospel, the good news. Finish his work. Do you know the Bible says that when all the world, the Bible says this, Jesus said this. And when all the world has heard the gospel, Jesus comes back. Listen, I got a reservation to heaven. Anybody else have one up there? I got a reservation to heaven. I'm going. Anybody else going? I'm going. I'm going to go. And, and, and I, I would like to go sooner than later. I didn't say I want to die. I just said I want to go to heaven sooner than later. Yeah, You're you straight with me. Everybody understand. I prefer the rapture. I prefer the rapture. Okay, so what I'm saying is this. The sooner we tell everybody on the planet who he is and get this world saved, boom, we're out. Job done. Finished. Let's go home. See what I'm saying? Okay, you don't see. I'll keep working on it. Let's keep working on it. So it says we need to finish this work. Why? Because our identity is we were laborers. We're chosen, called, blessed by God. You understand that? That's who you are. Do you know why you, why some things make you cry? Because God wired you that way. Because nobody, not everybody feels the way you feel about that. And it so burns you, you cry. You cry for something because you're gifted to change it. You know, the things that make you mad... They make you mad because the injustice of it is not to be fought in the flesh of man. And the problem's not who's doing that in unjust thing. It's the devil behind it. And what stirs you up in your flesh should cause you to war in the spirit and break through that thing. Because my problem's not the personality it's the principality behind it and if the church would stop fighting like the world fights and start harvesting like heaven harvest we will see god's kingdom come and his will done on this planet so he says this verse 35 do you not say your four months and then the harvest i tell you here's vision again open your eyes And look at the fields. That's people. It's where we live. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. See that? They're ripe. They're ripe for harvest, he said. Right now. We, We need to stop saying four months. We need to stop waiting for somebody else. And we need to realize God called us, gifted us, wired us, motivated us, enabled us to see and put us here because God recklessly loves North Alabama And you and I can make a difference about it Let's look at this final one 2 Corinthians 9 Turn there with me We were there a moment ago in our offering time 2 Corinthians 9 And verse number 10 2 Corinthians 9, 10 Again, we're talking about harvest And God and laboring with him Now he who supplies Seed to the sower Who is the seed supplier? God Who are the sowers? We are. What is the seed? The most important seed is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The other seed is whatever resources are necessary to get the gospel out. So what do we read here? Let's look at this. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and what? Increase your store of seed. Seeds, what I plant. I don't eat seed, I plant seed, right? Okay, he, in, he increases seed and enlarges the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be made rich in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We're laborers, we're harvesters, we're equipped. One day, Mr. Bridgeforth was here. We we're supposed to meet over our, uh, it's time to renew the annual lease on, on the property here. And, and so uh, he said, Pastor, man, things are really busy. I didn't have enough guys pass the mirror test. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I can't make the meeting for lunch. He, but he said, I, we really need to talk. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll meet you out here at the epicenter and uh, just drive out and meet me at this certain time. So I was here and I was out here sitting in the road ready. He said he'd drive up and meet me. Well, I was looking for his truck before he'd drive up to meet me. And all of a sudden the big they were harvesting wheat last year. And that big combine came rolling up. I said, He's gonna run over me. And he stopped and, and I looked, and there's Mr. Bridgeforth up in the the boss, El Hefe was driving the, you know, the, the harvester. And he threw the door. At me. He said, Pastor, I'm sorry, it's harvest time, it's so busy. Could could you climb in here with me? I said, I can do that. So I climbed up in the in the combine. And he shut the door and took off harvesting wheat. We're having a business meeting in the cabin of, of the combine. You, you know why? Because it was harvest time. Because you can't let it go. Because there's a shelf life. Because there's a deal. And He, 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 he it had to bring the harvest in. And, and, and you got to take care of the harvest. And that becomes a priority. And, and you might have to shift your job. How many hear what I'm saying? Huh? and you might have to do something you don't normally do, and you might have to get off. That's not my job description, and you might have to get out of. That doesn't make me comfortable, and, and, and you have to get in here. And I was looking at that combine. I said, man, this thing is slick. It had air conditioning and GPS that was guiding it. He was just kind of keeping it there. And, and And while it's harvesting the wheat, it was giving us a monitor of what the moisture content was in the wheat as soon as it was going into the bin. And I said, you know what? There's some new tools to harvest with. And I thought, you know, everything I think about is kingdom. So I thought, God, the seed's the same, the gospel of Jesus. But now we've got some more harvest or tools. And I said, give, give us in the kingdom big. Bad Holy Ghost combine that just roll through the harvest field and gather more in faster than we've ever done. And you know, that's really what Kingdom Builders does. It's reaching more people more quickly, more intentionally than we've ever done before. See, the harvest field is a harvest field. The heart of God is a heart of God. That's what we do. You know, I, I am, uh, Man, I want to just show a little bit of this, all right, because, uh, and and I'll just tell you when to cut, but there's a a video I want you to see of young men, young women that are part of our fellowship, our, our missions, family, in the Assemblies of God, in a ministry called Live Dead, Live Dead. What does that mean? That means I've given God everything. These guys are amazing, and they go to the places, they target the places that have never heard the gospel. And all they say to guys like you and me is that if you'll send us, we'll go. We'll represent you. You do what you can where you are, and we'll do what you can't do. And they're young, and they're smart, and they're bold, and they're brave, and they just go. I want you to hear a little bit of their heart here, just, just, just a little bit. So you see, there are areas all over this planet, 40% of 7 billion people never really got a chance to hear the gospel. And so we sit here and, and we say, we can say, well, Pastor, you know, what can I do about that? I'm busy in life and there's North Alabama. Well, we don't have to choose. We, we do what we can here. And we connect those to do what they can in those places. And we work hard and we do what we can and, and we reach out. See, the, the thing that's amazing to me, if you think about this harvest, and, and let me kind of tie this together here before we wrap up. Think about the harvest. It's stunning. Think about how diverse the harvest is around the world. Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism. this incredible thing so the harvest is so varied but here's the incredible good news the seed is the same in every harvest if we go plant the word of God God is going to change people's lives the confidence in that word if it gets there we've seen what God can do but you think about the diversity and how far flung that is and, and, and how crazy think about our harvest field right here in North Alabama guys it is so Diverse. Think for a moment. We go one county west. Well, Morgan County borders the river here south of us, the Tennessee River. The next county where we have our Lawrence County Dream Center, it, it, that one county over that where we have a Dream Center, that is one of the most underprivileged counties in Alabama today. The job rate, is is, is, is the unemployment's astronomical. Their major employers shut the plant down. Their people are hurting. The the Dream Center's feeding and helping and sharing and doing. Uh, It's absolutely unbelievable what happens in Lawrence County, Alabama. But then we flip and go one county east of here and we're in Madison County. Where the fastest growing city in Alabama is Huntsville, Alabama. And our church sits in Limestone County, which is the fastest growing county in Alabama. And how in the world, in our harvest field, do you reach over here to Lawrence County, Alabama, where people are struggling and the education system, the schools are underfunded, and everything is in turmoil, and then you go right over here six miles, and you're in the most affluent county, well, what, how do we do that? How does this county? If you go from Lawrence County to Madison County, the average median income in Lawrence and Madison County is three times that of Lawrence County. Three times. One county that way, one county that way. What in the world makes a church have the audacity to think that we could? Do something in this harvest field that would work for Lawrence County and Limestone County and Morgan County and Madison County. What audacity, what other reckless audacity would cause us to think we could do that? Because we know that the seed is the seed and it works for every single person that's in that harvest field. That's how we know. We know we're laborers for God. And we know God's big enough and great enough and able enough to do it. It's absolutely amazing. You see, the field is different and the harvest is different. But the seed of the gospel has to be planted. And who does it? We are. We do. We're the laborers. We're the ones that answer the prayer of God. You're the ones that bring the healing of heaven to the messed up herd of this earth. That's who we are. You might say, well, Pastor, man, I got my own situations I'm dealing with. I got my own things I've got to handle. But I want you to know something today. Is that when you say yes, when you go into the field, when you say, God, use me. Do what you want with me. I'll do my part. I can't do their part. I can do mine. God's hand begins to shift your identity. You begin to change who you are. Let, let me show you this passage and then I, I want to I wrap up and we're going to close. Last passage, John chapter 6. Turn there with me. Someone say, I need to change my identity. Say that. I need to change my identity. We don't know who we are. This passage is so powerful. Powerful. When we begin to understand identity, I want you to hear me. When you and I say yes to God and we understand harvest and we understand our assignment, we begin to understand our identity. You don't have to search through the rest of your life trying to have people prop you up and situations prop you up and titles prop you up. You begin to know who you are in the eyes of God. Oh, look at this, in, in, in uh, John 6, verse 1, sometime later, or time after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that's the Sea of Tiberias, watch this, and a great crowd of people followed him, why, what does it say, because they saw signs, mine says miraculous, does it say, the miraculous signs he had performed by healing the sick, You know, this skeptical generation we're in needs to see the power of God. Do you agree with me in that? I'm not afraid of that. They need to see the power of God. One man told me this weekend, he said, it's hard to argue with a man who's had an experience. In other words, you can say theologically God doesn't heal anymore, but if you've been diagnosed with cancer and now the x-rays are clean and you're healed, you can't convince that man God doesn't heal anymore. And we need to see this very thing. So crowds were coming, swarming, following him because they had seen the miracle of healing. Verse 3, then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. Watch this. This is critical for you understand your identity as a laborer. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip. Now, Philip's one of the 12 apostles, disciples. Watch this. Here comes this massive crowd out in the middle of nowhere. You Ready? And he says, uh, so Philip, where are we going to buy bread to feed all these people? I love this. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, verse 6. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he's going to do. Ah. Did you get that? Jesus never asks a question that he doesn't already know the answer. Hey, let me help you. He's never going to ask you and me for advice. I mean, I've never had, I pray a lot and I talk to God, you know, I, I try to stay in the presence of God. I've never had God say, uh, so George, I have no idea what to do. What do you think we ought to do about this? Thank God I've never heard that. Isn't that really comforting? <laughs> I know some of us think we tell him he's got the answer before he asks the question. Now, watch this. Watch this. This is the deal. I want you to get this. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. This is an open door to whoever gets it. Peter, I mean, Philip gets the first shot. You ready? So he says, So, Philip, in our day and time, yo, Philip, what are you going to do with all these hungry people? Boy, Philip blows it. He goes, Well, uh, you know, verse seven eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Next. One, one test quest. One question test. He missed it. Look at this. So I love this with Andrew, another of his disciples, Andrew. Can I help you with something? Listen, let me encourage you. Sometimes you think you've got to have this enormous amount of faith and know everything that's going on to be perfect for God to use you. Andrew stumbled into this. How many heard what I just said? Can I tell you I have stumbled into some of the greatest things I've ever seen God do. I didn't have an angel fly in a room and tell me what to do. I didn't have this overwhelming thing going on. I was scared to stinking death. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? But I thought this was what he wanted me to do. And I'm just trying. I'm just trying. Are you with me? What if I tell you? Listen, what I tell you. It's not your perfection that's going to get you there. It's your direction that's going to get you there. You don't earn it. You just show up. Are you with me? You just come. You just go. So look at Andrew. He, He didn't have it figured out. This helps guys like you and me. He stumbled into this miracle. So watch. Another disciple, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among so many? Look at him. He, he says, I don't know how you're going to do it. I got this boy. He's got a little bit of food. And look at the mentality before God shows up. What, what kind of barley loaves? Look, is it up here? here? Look, here. what kind of barley loaves? They were what? Small barley loaves. And and then and, and they're what small fish. Not only is they're little, they're real small. It's not big mouth bass. It's sardines. It's not a loaf of wonder bread. It's half a little biscuit. Do you get me? Because that's all Andrew could see. He saw the little. He saw the lack. He saw the impossibility, but he tried. (laughs) He showed up for work. He tried. He said, I don't know how you're going to do it. This looks like a train wreck to me. Come on. This is going to embarrass everybody. But if you got the guts, Jesus, pardon the plain language, you know, if you got the guts to take this and tell all those people, sit down to eat, have a good day. You know what Jesus said, all I needed, all I needed. Do you know all that God ever wants from you and me is what you have? He's not interested in what you don't have. He's just looking at what you have. David, how are you going to kill that giant? Well, i pretty good at the slingshot. He said, let's go. Now, we say, I need a bazooka, an armored cannon. I need to run out the dogs and, and, and the people to make sure there aren't any, uh, you know, what is it? IED. IED, What is this stuff today with the terrorists? That's it. So let's make sure we clean that. And uh, David said, I got this slingshot. God said, let's go. He starts running. Moses, I'm going to use you. You know, I know you murdered and you messed up and all that stuff. Been hiding for 40 years, but let's go. What do you got, Moses? I got this stupid stick. He said, let's go. We're going to feed 5,000 men and their families. What are we going to do? We got this kid with nothing. He said, let's go. God, how are we going to reach North Alabama with Lawrence County, Madison County, Limestone County, Morgan County, red, yellow, black, white, everybody in between flavors and colors thereof? What are we going to do? We're just going to give you what we have. Let's go. Let's just go. What about the rich man, the poor man, the in-between man, the business owner, the worker, the employee, the employer? What are we going to do? Let's just go. Just stumble into your miracle. (laughs) Just run into your miracle. Just let him have what's in your hand. Because then I get to see what's in his hand. See, if all I do is live my life staring at my small loaves and my small fish, I'm a small man. (laughs) But if I'll ever learn, this is the seed to the harvest. So he gives it to Jesus. Look at this. Verse 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. I like that. He said... You're going to have to sit down to watch this. (laughs) Anybody ever told you something? I got to tell you something, but you need to sit down first. Huh? That's what he just said. That's where that came from, I believe, right there. He says, all right, you better sit down for this one. I like that. I want God to tell Calvary Assembly, you better sit down. Huh? In fact, I just want to practice for a minute. Okay, God, knock us out. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, let us have it. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down. Okay, hold on. You better put your seatbelt on. You ready? Grab the chair, because I believe God wants to knock our props out someday. I believe God wants to show up and say, you better sit down for this. You know, you're crazy Uncle Harry that nobody can even talk to. Uncle Harry's going to get saved. You hear that? He's going to shut down crack houses. He's going to heal races. He's going to bring the socioeconomic things together. He's going to go to places nobody can go. Some of you look at me like I'm crazy. I'm a happy crazy man. It's too late. You can't change me. I'm already there. So he says, sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And the men sat down, about 5,000 men, just the men, and then their families. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed to those who were uh, seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he says, Disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves. Just the bread left over by those who had eaten. Just amazing. You better sit down to see something like that. And God wants to move in our world in such a degree that we're going to have to sit down before it knocks us down. God wants to start where you are and do something so much greater and bigger beyond than who you are and what you've seen and do before that you're going to have to realize, you know, this isn't me. I'm a laborer for God. This isn't me and my ability, so so let me wrap it up with this. So, Pastor, what, what do we do with kingdom builders? I want to give you something today to begin to pray for. See, I'm not just trying to do this and grab an offering today. We're not going to take an offering right now. I'm wanting you and I to have a shift about who we are about how we operate, about what we do, and I want you to pray about it. See, I would give you three words, three words. One is plan, plan, work your plan. What does that mean? Well, if if I'm gonna do something in kingdom builders, if I'm gonna give, if God's gonna use our money to, to reach the world, then what am I gonna do? Well, the first thing I need is a plan. Proverbs 21, five said, God blesses the plans of the righteous. God likes plans. What is a plan? Well, it's just like a purchase. You go, you say, we wanna buy a car. So you go look at a car and you find one that you value. And you say, that's what I want. And then you go look at your finances and you say, can I afford this? Right? You know what it is? It's a plan. If I can afford it then I sign for the car and I committed, I made a plan. This is what I'm going to give each month so I can drive that car. It's a plan. You know what you do? When you begin, that's the starting place in Kingdom Builders. Is you make a plan. You know what you do with the plan? You work the plan. You work the plan. You work the plan. God... We looked and, and this is our finances and, and, and we value the kingdom and what you're doing. And God, we've got a plan. Here's our plan. We're going to do this. That's the plan. And you work the plan. You do it. You do it because you made a plan. But, but, but that's, see, that's the beginning place of kingdom builders, all right? Let me give you the next word. So you work the plan. The next word is vision. But vision is something you have to pray about because plan, your plan is what can I do? And I write it down. I mean, I, I, I commit it, I work my plan, I'm gonna do it. The next thing's vision. Listen, vision. What is vision? Vision only comes when you begin to pray about something. It's when you begin to look at the kingdom and you and God from His perspective. Listen closely, I wanna hurry. Vision is what happens when God gets in the plan. So instead of you saying, What can I do? you start saying, What can God do in this situation? You, you don't find that out until you pray, because all you know. Is the plan, but God has a vision. And you begin to pray, God, what, what, what do you want to do? How do you want to work in this situation? And you begin to realize that, then you get to Philippians four nineteen, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So a vision is like a faith commitment. You, you, you've got a plan. You're going to work the plan. But when you get a vision, when God speaks to you, you write it down. And you keep it close. You, you put it in the front of your Bible or you slip it in your phone cover or you, you, you know, wherever you do your thing, you know, whatever you look at. And, 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 and you wrote it down and I, I prayed and God gave me something that, what, what could I do? What could I give? What seed could we sow? If God got involved in this. A percentage of my business, a percentage of my income. Uh, And and we begin to realize as God begins to, he gives you a vision and you obey the vision and he begins to bless the vision. Then you start looking and say, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't just for mine. God blessed me to do this for kingdom builders. You understand that? See, good stewardship is not just I can tell you what I have. Good stewardship is I can tell you why I have it. Everybody with me? It's not just what I have. It's why I have it in my hand. I know your process, and that's good. I want you to do this. So you work the plan and you write down the vision. What if God, see, see, God, what do you say? What can you do? What can you do through me? If I work my plan, if, if I give you the lunch, what could you do with my lunch? See, what if God gets involved? What if something starts coming out of his resources? Then a final thing is the dream. Now listen, don't tell anybody about the dream, it's not for anybody. The dream you just hold on to. You work the plan, you write down the vision, but you hold the dream. What's the dream? Well, you're working your way through these levels with God. You're walking your way through here. And the dream is when you've seen God begin to give vision and God respond to the vision. And in that place of prayer and walking to God, you begin to dream. This is what you begin to say. Ooh, what if God got in this? What what if God got into this thing? See, that's the dream. It's Ephesians 3.20, and God is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all I can ask or I can imagine according to his power working in me. You begin to dream. Listen, this world is a dream killer world. This world is a dream stiller world. And what I want you to know, God is big enough to give you a dream bigger than you. How many hear what I'm saying right now? Not just your money, but your life. You begin to dream, God, what if you could use me? What if I could do that? What if I could say that? You begin to dream. You begin to break out of your limitations. You begin to see yourself from God's perspective. You begin to change your identity. See, you're no watch, watch, watch. You're no longer the beggar. You're the blesser. See, we change. We stop, we be, we stop praying. Oh God, uh, I want to be one of those people that sat down and got a free lunch. No. We start dreaming. I want to be the guy that gave them the lunch. Do you see the difference in that? I don't want to always be. See, listen, I don't want to. we, we, We got to have our daily bread. I get it. But I don't want my prayer life to be like a beggar. What do the beggars do? Give me something to eat. Get me, make it through a day. Give me enough to get by. Do you understand what I'm saying? Thank God for daily bread. Thank God for that. But my prayer life should not be the prayer life of a beggar. My prayer life should be the prayer life of a blesser. We have the lunch. We have the slingshot, we have the stick, we have the life, we have the dream. God, what if you got involved in this? What if everybody in your family got saved? What if a revival happened at your kid's school? Instead of them walking out every day, you're saying, oh, God, please, God, save these kids. Do something. What if they come home and say, mom, dad, revival broke out. I know you think I'm off my rocks, but I'm not even telling you about uh, 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 real dreams. These are the little ones. I can't tell you the big ones. Okay? I know you thought I ran off my rails and the rocks hit me in the head and it's all crazy. But look, what if the school had a revival? And and you got to call Mrs. R.U.S. You're going to have to come up to school here. Well, what happened? You just need to get up here. We need more prayer warriors. There's a prayer revival broken out all over this kid. These kids are praying, the Spirit of God's in the classroom. I'm dreaming. It's better than looking at small fish, small load. God help them get through the night. God help them make one more day. God just keep my kid. What if your prodigal son turned into the next Apostle Paul? (laughs) What if your prodigal daughter became the next Esther, the next Ruth, the next change of generation, the, the, the next Catherine Kuhlman? You understand, we have to start with a plan, work the plan. We begin to pray, God, give me a vision. What if you get in the plan? And as that begins to grow and build in your life, you begin to say, Oh, God, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming, God, what if, what if, God, what, what if instead of I came to church and, 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 and I had needed some help and we do that and, and I got help and I thank you, but God, what if from now on I'm the person that gives the help? God, and instead of me being the person that has nothing, what if, what if I could, you know what, I, I know I'm the pastor and it's not supposed to work this way, somebody else is supposed to do it, but you know, one of the things I pray, I pray all the time, God, I want to be the biggest giver at Calvary. I don't have the biggest salary. I can still be the biggest giver. Well, how could you be the biggest giver if you don't have the biggest salary? Because i got a big (laughs) God. Huh? Do you guys understand? it? You change the way you look at things. God, I'm dreaming. I want to end with this. We need to close. I want our musicians to come. It's it's like this. And I had to learn it. God let me walk through the process. He wants to walk us through the process. I was in college, and I had my plans, and I I was on scholarships, and I had promises of, 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 you know, if I went through my advanced studies, I had guarantees that they would be paid for without school bills because I, I would be employed by this organization. Because I got this degree, I could do this, and I had it all laid out in front of me. But you know what I didn't have? I didn't have Jesus. I didn't have Jesus. And I had an encounter with this God that my parents had prayed over, and he changed my life, and I realized I never asked you what you wanted me to do. I never was willing to leave and look at the harvest. I never saw myself and you and what you did. And he, he called me to, to be a pastor. And so I left my scholarships. And I left, I left my security. And I left my job promises. And I walked off from everything. And, and, and I went to this Bible college. And I, and, and, and I, I had left everything. And I said, God, who, what are we going to do? And God said, just do what I said. And I went and I registered and. And, and, and I didn't have no money to pay for the semester. And the tuition is a private college and the tuition's high. And, and, and I go there because that's where God sent me. And I got to the end of the registration. The last line is, is you know, the financial office. How many ever been there? You, you feel my pain. You know what I'm talking about. And I was already going to say, what's the minimum I can pay? See, I was thinking about small fish and small load. I said, God, I, I, I got my plan. I'm going to ask him, what's the minimum I can pay to register and I'll, I'll, I'll get a job, I'll, I'll pay, I'll figure what I can do. And I got to that, and I said, okay, <sighs> okay, what's your name? George Sawyer. I told him, yeah. And I said, and i was getting ready, and I was going to ask them, what's the minimum I could pay? Before I could say it, they said, George Sawyer, yes. And they said, well, all right, everything's good. I said, excuse me, everything's paid. I said, uh, excuse me, it's all paid. I said, it's all paid? Yeah, it's all paid. My, my, it's paid? Yeah. Somebody sent a check in this week. Paid your bill. Said, my God. I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And, and, but I was, I was learning. I was, a, I was a new Christian. And I was like, wow. If you do what God says, God's going to begin to get in this thing. Then he showed me one night some working. So Phyllis and I are young married couple and I'm working to my last year of college and we're married and she works in the bank in the day and I go to class in the day then I work at night late to, late at night and get up early in the morning go to school and work late at night I did valet car parking these fancy steakhouses in Dallas Texas that's what I did park cars and one night I'm parking cars and I come back around parking a car and my buddies all the guys that worked in the valet parking were from the Bible college they said George I said what I said, David Wilkerson came in here tonight. Now, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's an amazing man who's in heaven today, a prophet, a world changer. They said, David Wilkerson in here. I said, that is awesome. I can't wait to see him. They said, no, no, he asked for you. I said, what do you mean he asked for me? He doesn't know me. <laughs> I said, he asked for you. I said, he asked for me? I said, yeah. He got out of the car and said, where's the married guy working on your crew tonight? And I was the only one. We had other guys, but that night I was the only married guy on the crew. And he said he wants to see you when he comes out. And I was like, wow. So I was kind of excited. And I was kind of scared, you know, because you know he's a prophet. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's my life's good. I mean, you know, you know how that goes. You know, you know this guy's super prophet. So I'm like, yeah, I'm praying. I'm serving. I'm loving. I'm good. We're, good. we're good. We're good. I'm fine. You know. So I'm I'm excited now. I made sure did a little inventory. You know, how God's good. About it. I said we're good. So I said I'm excited. I'm good. So he comes out. He said. Uh, he said, Have you been praying for God to meet a need in your life? I said, Well, yes, sir, I have. He said, Well, you must because that's when I'm praying, and God told me I would see you tonight. Now, I'd never seen this man in my life. I knew him. He didn't know me, but God knew me, and God put me in that field. So watch how this works. So he pulls his check out of his pocket, a blank check because he didn't know my name. You know, I written in $100, so he handed me $100. My name is blown away. I'm like, God, you heard my prayer. You sent this guy in this restaurant tonight and gave me this check. I'm just blown away. I'm learning how God can give you vision, and he'll provide for the vision. And then the vision seeds a dream. And it just and I'm just growing. I'm like, I'm amazed. But see, it's always tied to harvest. Watch this. So he meets my knee, and I'm just looking at this. I'm like, oh, wow. And, and this big Texas oil man comes out. Those are the people that, you know, they, you know belt buckle, big belt buckle like this. <laughs> big cowboy boots. You, you know what I'm saying. Big hat on ugly polyester suit. You know what I'm saying. This was way back in the day. So he comes walking out of there. Well, son. Yes, sir. Anybody ever given you a hundred dollars coming out of here? I'm holding a check. hundred dollars. <laughs> and nobody would ever had. I calculated I parked between eight and nine thousand cars during my tenure. And I go, he just asked me, there's a hundred dollars. Even in my shock, I said, "Oh, God has set this bad boy up." So I said, "Sir, do you see that car right there, Brother Wilkerson's car?" hadn't even gotten out of the driveway. He goes, "Yeah." I said, "That's David Wilkerson. You ever heard of the cross and the switchblade and all that?" He goes, "Yeah." Then his two guys walked. They walked. So I got these three big shots standing here, and I said, "And I had them now. I mean, whoo! I had them. Holy Spirit was on me. I was like bold as a lion." So I said, "Sir, that man gave me this check." And the first guy out of the door is you. And you asked me what 8,000 people have never asked me. Did anybody ever give you $100? Sir, God wants you to know that he knows who you are and where you are. And he wants to change your life. And those guys are backing up against that wall. Like I had a forty-five loaded on them. And his eyes got big. I said, can you believe that? He gives me the 100. First 100 ever came out. You come in and ask me. I'm telling you, God wants you to know. And man, I'm preaching. Their car pulls up. They ran around me like the scared chickens and jumped in that car and drove off. Listen, God knows where you are. He wants you in the harvest field. Do you understand that? And when you begin to move, make your plan. See, I was working my plan. I wasn't laying in my, in my apartment. Oh, God, give me some money. Phyllis is working. I'm working. I'm praying. She's praying. I'm going to school. I'm doing I'm working. I'm doing all I can do. I'm working my plan. But I had a dream. And God says, I gave you that dream, and I'm going to step into it. Begin to show me. I'll provide anything I tell you to do. Do anything you want. He called us to leave this beautiful Church that loved us and surrounded us and took care of us as their youth pastors and associate pastors in Dallas. And he sent us to Decatur, Alabama, to a storefront building with 15 people. <laughs> and my wife was pregnant, and my first daughter was 18 months old. And we put sheets up on the windows because we couldn't buy curtains. And we lived in half the house because I couldn't pay the utility bill to heat all the house up. And God walked. Why did we do that? Because. When I went to college, he showed me he could pay tuition. And when I was at work, he showed me he could fund the vision. And when he coached, do, do, do you see? And I'm nobody special or brave. But when you get in the harvest field and you begin to vision a dream, you let God come in. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. God, listen to me, church. Listen, listen. God wants you to change your identity. God wants to change your identity. God doesn't want you to look at yourself anymore and say, I don't have, I can't do, I'm too small, it doesn't work, I don't count. Are you with me? My family's too lost. The world's too mean. I'm not big enough, smart enough, old enough, young enough. doesn't matter. You belong to him. And if you'll say yes, you can have what's in my hand, you get to find out what's in God's hand. It's life changing.